This podcast is for general educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered medical, practice management, legal, investment, or other professional advice. No one should act or refrain from acting based on this podcast without obtaining appropriate professional advice. I felt the need to fill the gap to have a great understanding of the frameworks of business. How do we read a financial statement when our finance team presents to us? What are our revenues? What are our expenses? What are interest rates? What is CapEx? What is leasing equipment? What are these depreciation and amortization schedules people are talking about? When is a good time to do a big capital expenditure investment? What are our cash flows? What ventures or ancillaries that we can start to maintain a sustainable practice so that we are able to continue to provide the best care that we have been providing to our patients? What else can we use to make our practices much better than what we were yesterday? Welcome to Gastro Broadcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Matthew. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Vasu Apalanini, who cares for patients at Dayton Gastroenterology in Ohio. She is also the Executive Vice President of Clinical Innovation at One GI, a physician-led managed service organization that Dayton Gastroenterology joined in 2021. I can't wait to talk with Dr. Apolinani about the innovations that excite her and why she decided to get an MBA very recently. Dr. Apolinani, welcome to Gastro Broadcast. Hi, Dr. Lisa Matthews. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, we always like to start by getting to know our guests. When and why did you decide to become a gastroenterologist? And further, why did you choose private practice? I always wanted to pursue a medical career where I could integrate patient care and technology. I was always fascinated by the procedural medical fields involving intervention. In these fields, during the intervention, we get to see our patients in the office, and on top of it, we can visualize the illness, understand the severity, diagnosis, and stage cancers. That's when I thought of whether GI, cardiology, and finally I decided GI is my role, you know, like I like to play with video games and stuff, and I get to see patients and see the illness and make an impact in patients' life. That's when I decided in the end of the first year of my internal medicine residency to pursue gastroenterology. This perspective has led me to choose GI and later deep dive into endoscopic ultrasound, which is another interventional procedure uh, at MUSC Charleston to gain more knowledge and expertise in the subspecialty of GI. And um, the other question, why private practice? I pursued my residency in internal medicine at Wright State University, Dayton, Ohio. This is where I had my kids, built home, and built friendships. We decided to stay in the area serving the same community where I started my residency. The private practice in Dayton is affiliated with the internal medicine residency and GI fellowship at the Wright State University. I thought it was a perfect match, best of both worlds, where I can be involved in the academics with fellows in training at the GI Fellowship at Wright State and having independent GI practice being in a single specialty private practice. I have an entrepreneurial mindset. 
like many of the physicians. Being in private practice gives us an opportunity to be our own bosses, while at the same time providing job opportunities to the community we serve and care for. Yeah, I I totally agree. It can be such a rewarding career when all of those factors align effectively, both clinical, family, community, and the business structure around you. It sounds like you've grown something really special. Thank you. Um, And I know you're very passionate about technology and innovation in GI care. Tell me about some of the innovative things your practice is doing. Yes, I'm Lisa, uh, very interested in technology. Innovation, I see it as any new way to do the old things that we have been doing before. I see that as an innovation. I see opportunity in those. In the last two to three decades, we have seen medicine, the field of medicine change, and the medical landscape is advancing by leaps and bounds. We all saw COVID here as jump-started the telehealth, the digital health platforms that we embraced. We were thinking about those before, and then boom, switch, you know, we were able to just get on and embrace it. I envision medical care to be much more different in the next decade than it was in the last few decades combined together. Finding new ways to improve efficiencies and decrease redundancies using technology, whether it is patient scheduling processes, diagnostics, or procedures, that's what we are embracing currently in our practices. Digital health and AI, you have heard these buzzwords in the last decade, and they are part of our everyday patient care here at Dayton Gastro and One GI. Whether it is chronic care management, using AI to identify patients for research trials or increasing the quality of physicians, whether it's adenoma detection rates, etc. There are more to come in the near future, which I'm excited about. That's fantastic. Are there any specific examples of um, areas that your practice has instituted that you have felt uh, most proud of? Uh, Definitely. Um, Chronic care management is one of the biggest things. Um, We've been talking about NASH, obesity, weight management programs. Um, With the new management expertise in place, it was much easier to embrace these different opportunities that we can provide to our patients. And we were able to integrate them in most of our practices. We are in six different states right now, and we are able to uh, integrate those all in private practice. Yeah, that's incredible. And Vasu, you recently completed an MBA from Northwestern. What inspired you to get that degree? I completed my MBA at Northwestern, which was a incredible experience. Once we are expert in one field like medicine, you know, it is hard to go back and learn a different area. It's just too easy to settle for a good life. Increasing the breadth and depth of our knowledge is power, which makes Good people, great. Good people make good companies. Great people make great companies. That's what inspired me to get to where I am today. I envision changes in medicine, as I spoke earlier, and the way we provide care in the next decade. I realize the need to unlearn, to learn new ways to innovate and become an expert 
in providing private practice gastroenterology care. Who else will be a better advocate for patients and physicians than the physician who is on the front lines caring for the patient? We have heard the Porter Five Forces to have a successful business in the industry, which has led Dayton Gastro to grow inorganic and partner with 1GI, which is a private equity-backed managed service organization. I was involved in the day-to-day -day discussions during these negotiations as part of our core team and have learned a lot during the process because this was not taught to us in medical school. This gave me a basic understanding on how firms are valued, what are the nuances in coming to the cash flows, what is networking capital, how the transaction takes place, all these questions. I wanted to be an expert in what I do. I mean, we all are as physicians. We want to be the best in what we do. That's what prompted me to fill my gaps, especially finance, accounting, financial modeling of a manage uh, of mergers and acquisition. This has triggered me to pursue my long-term desire of studying an MBA to become a well-rounded, impactful, agile, empathetic leader with expertise in both medical and business domains. During this learning, I wanted to continue my full-time practice in medicine because I want to be still available to my patients. I don't want to just take leave of absence and go study in a school. That's what made me pursue the executive MBA. So while doing full-time work, you can still go to school and continue learning at any school. And I chose to do at the top business school, Northwestern Kellogg School of Business. Here, I not only learned how to fill my gaps, I learned how to build teams, how to empower employees. What are the best governance practices? What is leadership? How do we align the interest of stakeholders? How do we integrate teams after partnerships or joint ventures or acquisitions? How do we use technology, especially AI that's coming into? That's one of my interests. Down the road, I, I do see a lot of value where we see AI as a collaborator rather than a replacement for physicians uh, to advance our care to our patients. Man, I remember when I was going through training, we used to talk about the triple threat, you know, the, the person who could do research and clinical work and teach. You're like a, a quadruple threat. <laughs> I mean, it's really fascinating to hear about how you're integrating all of these, um, you know, facets of your training, both in in your your knowledge of gastroenterology and technology, and now merging that all with your business training. Um, really exciting stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, why is it important for GI physicians to understand business, finance, and all the related things that you learn in an MBA? Right. I have always, you know, been involved in the practice of business of medicine. You know, I was part of the finance team, the executive team for several years since I joined the private practice in 2007. I had good analytical intuition, always questioned, why do we do the things the way we do? Why can't we do it in a different way? What are the other possible ways that we could run the practice to improve the flow? How can we increase the access with the same number of physicians available or the hours that we practice? 
how do we remove redundancies and improve efficiency? I mean, that's what private practice we all need, we, we want to know. As physicians, most of us are not taught any of these back office skills or leadership skills when we go through the medical school. And they are so important for doctors, especially in private practice, who are all great entrepreneurs. They successfully built these practices. We have all learned by experiences and became leaders. I mean, I, I kudos to all of them. They have we we did not have this business knowledge or education, formal education, but you see all around the country successful practices being built. And I felt the need, I felt the need to fill the gap to have a great understanding of the frameworks of business. How do we read a financial statement when our finance team presents to us? What are our revenues? What are our expenses? What are interest rates? What is CapEx? What is leasing equipment? What are these depreciation and amortization schedules people are talking about? When is a good time to do a big capital expenditure investment? What are our cash flows? What ventures or ancillaries that we can start to maintain a sustainable practice so that we are able to continue to provide the best care that we have been providing to our patients. What else can we use to make our practices much better than what we were yesterday? Well put, well put. And further, you were instrumental in the merging of the groups that became Dayton Gastroenterology, as well as when your practice joined 1GI. What are some of the most important things you learned about how groups successfully come together? Oh, Lisa, anyone could join together and buy practices or be together. There are several important things that come in place when people come together. Consolidation has started more than five years ago in GI, as you know. We grew to a 23 physician group, both organic and inorganically. We realized the importance of successful integration and developing the company culture as the most important things when we bring people together. You, we all heard culture eats strategy for breakfast. We can have the best in minds, develop the best strategy for our organizations. And if we do not have the best culture, strategy can go down the drain. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, cultural fit seems to be the uh, be all end all when it comes to successful mergers. I'm wondering, are, are there any strategies that you have found um, to be particularly useful in trying to navigate, um, uh, you know, cultural dissonance uh, between groups going through a merger? First and foremost, I think we all need to first learn to listen. That's what I learned in the last several years. More than talking, I listen much more. What does that mean? Understanding the person, where they are coming from, what are they trying to tell? What is the problem? And respect, giving respect to the other person, no matter what their title or job is, we all are good in our particular area where we work in. I mean, my technician may know much better in her area of care than I do. Uh, similarly, trust. If someone has a role in that area, we need to have trust in that job and take advantage of their leadership or expertise. That's where I see where we can all come together and 
build the best organization. That's what I see right now happening. And I am extremely proud of how the teams are put together. Uh, completely happy with how the integration has happened at 1GI. It always strikes me, you know, when we talk about the physician-patient relationship, it really is those same qualities that make for a successful a successful patient interaction, right? Yes. Listening, respect, building trust. And I think physicians are naturally very good at um, at engaging with each other and with with um, you know investors, people in in the world of industry. I just don't think that historically we have felt as empowered to have those discussions. And I mean, to your point, these skills are transferable. Um, and and if we're empowered as a physician community, I think I think there's huge overlap between being a good clinician and being a good business person. It's not the only factor, and clearly you've demonstrated that through some additional training, we can master those skills as well. But it seems like those fundamentals are actually quite aligned. Definitely. You know, as physicians, I think we have that inherent quality of the leader. Now, as the practices are expanding, we are growing much bigger. There is no way as when we were a single or a two physician solo practice, you know what's all happening in the company. As you're growing bigger, uh, probably you may have that FOMO that I may not be knowing everything. And it's okay. If you trust and you have the right management and talent in place, empower them and let them grow. So they are your representatives. And that's the reason it's so important when you come together, the right representation and governance is in place, promote growth opportunities for your employees so you retain that talent. What advice do you have for fellows or early career physicians who are considering a career in gastroenterology? You're doing a great job by picking gastro already. I would say be intentional in setting your priorities because we all come in different paths of life. We have different routes. Find your values first and see this is what I want to do. Uh, My biggest advice at this point in my career, I value family and friends. Those are the integral part. Definitely patients are part of that too and work comes Learn basic finances behind the business. Learn how, I mean, in medical school, we are taught how to talk to patients, how to deal with patients, um, how to treat them. Learn some basic behind the screen knowledge when somebody talks to you so that we have that basic understanding of, is that making sense to me? And the other important thing that, at least me, that I neglected in the initial parts of my career is networking. That's your capital. There's only so much I can do by myself or you can do by yourself. But with a huge network, we can do things much bigger than what we could do by ourselves. And reflect frequently. Follow your path going along your values. We all found our purpose. Unless we are mindful of it, we get sidetracked and get drowned in the everyday grind. Family, And close people in your life are very important. Invest in them. Continue lifelong learning. The days are changing fast. And it's okay to keep on learning because we learn from patients every day. I learn every day talking to my patients. So continue doing that. And most of all, 
do what you love and love what you do. If that's what we are doing, we won't even think about retirement. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Apolinani. Your energy and passion is truly infectious. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Gastro Broadcast. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. It's an honor. Thank you for listening to the Gastro Broadcast. Find new episodes through Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. For information about our hosts, guests, and supporters, visit gastrobroadcast.com. Produced by Steadfast Collaborative.